So, Mike, I know you have seen a lot of the world. Have you ever made it to Niagara Falls? Not yet. I haven't yet, but I can imagine that it, it's quite a sight to behold. I haven't seen it either, but I've seen a bunch of smaller waterfalls, and it's amazing how even little ones, like how much power they have. Falling water is fast. It is indeed, and sadly, too many people have learned that lesson at Niagara. Niagara Falls is actually, and this was news to me, three waterfalls at the border of Canada and the U.S. between Ontario and New York State. From largest to smallest, the three waterfalls are Horseshoe Falls, the American Falls, and Bridal Veil Falls. I wonder which one of those falls inside of the U.S. USA. Nobody USA. Nobody could know. Well, this has been very educational. Can we just skip to the part where people start chucking things over the side? Patience, my friend. Patience. Fine. The combined falls form the highest flow rate of any waterfall in the world that has a vertical drop of more than 165 feet. The Horseshoe Falls drop at about 188 feet, while the height of the American Falls varies between 70 and 100 feet due to massive boulders situated at its base. American Falls is 1,060 feet wide, while Horseshoe Falls spans 2,600 feet. Those are some crazy big numbers. They are very, very large waterfalls. <laughs> the French were the first Europeans to discover the falls as early as 1604. The Finnish-Swedish naturalist, Pierre Kalm, explored the area in the early 18th century and is credited with the first scientific description of the falls. During the 19th century, tourism became popular, and by mid-century, it was the area's main industry. Theodosa Burr Alston, daughter of then-Vice President Aaron Burr, she and her husband, Joseph, were the first recorded couple to honeymoon there in 1801. In 1837, the demand for passage over the Niagara River led to the building of a footbridge and a suspension bridge. In 1866, a railroad bridge was put up that still carries trains over the Niagara River today. After the First World War, tourism boomed again as automobiles made getting to the falls much easier. Much of the work since has been to harness the energy of the falls for hydroelectric power and to control development that could threaten the area's natural beauty. A team from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers dammed the American Falls in June 1969 to clear rock from the base. Rock slides had caused a significant buildup of rock at the bottom of the American side of the falls. There's a photo of this on the Wikipedia page, which is kind of crazy looking, so you should go take a peek. Can we please talk about stuff going over the falls, maybe right after this break? Okay, I will, right after this break, we can talk about stuff going yes. over the falls. Today's episode is brought to you by Mack Weldon. They make the best and most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you're ever going to wear. Mack Weldon clothing is truly better than whatever you're wearing right now because all of their stuff is made with premium fabrics and meticulous attention to detail. They offer a no-questions-asked return policy. If you don't like your first pair, just keep it and they'll refund you. I am personally a very happy Mack Weldon customer, and I really recommend that you try out some of their stuff. You won't regret it, and they have that no-questions-asked return policy, so what's there to lose? Mack Weldon's stuff looks awesome and is perfect for everyday life. Listeners of this show can get 20% off at MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Just use the code UNGENIUS to check out. Thanks to Mack Weldon for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Hackett, it's time. The first recorded person to survive going over the falls was Annie Edson Taylor, who went over in a barrel in 1901. Yes, a barrel made of wood. <laughs> Taylor was an American school teacher. She devised the plan as a way to make money to secure her financial future. 
She made a custom-made barrel for her trip, constructed of oak and iron, and padded it with a mattress. Several delays occurred in the launching of the barrel, particularly because no one wanted to be a part of a potential suicide. Two days before Taylor's own attempt, a domestic cat was sent over the Horseshoe Falls in her barrel to test its strength to see if the barrel would break or not. The cat survived, by the way. That is good news. On October 24, 1901, her 63rd birthday, the barrel was put over the side of a rowboat and Taylor climbed in along with her lucky heart-shaped pillow. Makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. After screwing down the lid, friends used a bicycle tire pump to compress the air in the barrel. The whole use for this was plugged with a cork, and Taylor was set adrift. The Niagara River currents carried the barrel over the Canadian Horseshoe Falls, which has since been the site for all daredevil stunting at Niagara Falls. Rescuers reached her barrel shortly after the plunge. Taylor was discovered to be alive and relatively uninjured, except for a small gash on her head, which I assume was caused by the pillow. The whole thing took about 20 <laughs> minutes. I was really surprised about this. this. Not only that she survived unharmed, basically, but also kind of the scientific nature of this, like using the bicycle pump. I thought yeah. that was really smart. While she may have survived, her plan to become rich did not go as planned. While she briefly earned money speaking about her experience, she was never able to build much wealth from it. And tragically, her manager ran away with the barrel, and most of her savings were then used towards private detectives hired to try and find it. What a jerk. Indeed. However, Annie Taylor was just the first person to take a trip over Niagara Falls. Many took the plunge on purpose, and of course, of course, some accidentally. On July 2nd, 1903, Ed DeLady, a baseball player, was swept over the falls after being removed from a train for disorderly conduct. His body, well, most of it at least, was found some time later. This is one where, like, I don't have enough of the story, right? Like... <laughs> You know? I didn't want to look any further. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I was done. why? Why? Because he got kicked off a train. Did he fall down Niagara Falls? I, th I assume he was drunk. I just, let's just go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. On July 25th, 1911, Bobby Leach also went over the falls in a barrel. He spent the following six months in hospital, though, recovering from two broken kneecaps and a fractured jaw. Clearly, Bobby was not as smart as Annie. He needed that heart-shaped pillow real bad. Exactly. It's the savior. On July 11, 1920, Charles Stevens went over the falls in a barrel. Onlookers urged Stevens to test his barrel over the falls first, but he refused. Only a severed arm was ever recovered. Oh, boy. Uh, on July 4th, 1928, Jean Lucier went over the falls in a large barrel with a spring steel frame and rubber covering. He survived and then sold chunks of the rubber covering to tourists for years. Two years later, George Sathakis went over again in a barrel. Upon impact, it was caught underwater. He probably survived the fall but died of suffocation after his air supply ran out. The pet turtle he took with him, however, survived. I'm very happy about that because... Because the turtle didn't need to go. No, why? No, that's that's poor turtle ownership, George. Just poor, poor turtle ownership. A turtle is not a heart-shaped pillow. <laughs> that's true. In July of 1961, William Fitzgerald went over inside a giant rubber ball, nicknamed the Plunger Sphere. <laughs> Despite the name, <laughs> it totally worked, and Fitzgerald walked away from the stunt. That's good. In 1981, a woman from Toronto was arrested and charged with second-degree murder 
after dropping her two-month-old son over the railing above Horseshoe Falls. The charges were dismissed after it was claimed she accidentally dropped the child after suffering a dizzy spell. I don't know how I feel about that, Roland. It's, yeah. it's a t- that's a real tough one. That is a real it's, tough one. It's not one. good. Anyway, in August 1985, Steve Trotter went over the falls in another barrel after his first attempt a year earlier had been stopped by police. He would then again successfully repeat the stunt in 1995. If you do it once and you survive, don't try it again. Just just stop. Yeah, you're all right at that point. In 1989, two men went over in a large barrel to draw attention to the anti-drugs campaign. As you do. Story checks out. Jesse Sharp went over the falls in a kayak in the summer of 1990. He intended to continue paddling downriver after the fall, which was quite optimistic because he was, of course, killed during his stunt. Despite his inevitable fate, Sharp was very confident in his ability to make this happen. In addition to making dinner reservations for the evening after his fall, he decided that it wasn't worth wearing a life jacket in case it impeded an escape should he get trapped under the falls, and he also refused to wear a helmet in order to keep his face recognizable to the cameras. Oh, Jesse, what? That's not... not, Poor decision-making. I don't think Jesse was as sharp as his name suggested. Oh, my God. In October 2003, Kirk Jones became the first person to survive the drop without any aid in the fall. Jones and his friends had been drinking before the incident and had planned to record the event. Although his friends were not able to operate the recorder, Jones was fined $2,300 and banned for life from entering Canada, (laughs) which I think is incredible. Uh, Jones later said, unfortunately, that it had been a suicide attempt. So I'm very happy that he survived. Well... I hate to break the news to you, but he was killed just earlier this year no! when he went over the falls inside a large inflatable ball. Come on, Kirk. Why Man. did you do that? So a big thank you to Mike. Not you, Mike, but another Mike for sending this topic in. Uh, at first, I sort of wrote it off thinking it wouldn't be very interesting, but turns out I am now sort of obsessed with why people try to do this. Why, why do people try to do this, Mike? Why do they do it? I think that there is a trend in that any article that includes silly human feats like this will catch your attention oh yeah no i'm a sucker for lists like no doubt about it if you want to learn more about going over niagara falls in a barrel first of all please don't do that because we want you to survive but if you want to read more about it there are a bunch of links in our show notes this week they are at relay.fm slash ungenius slash 29 you can get in touch with us there as well you can send us an email you can find us on twitter the show is at ungenius you can tweet uh Topics to us. All of our topics come from listeners. Uh, so thank you very much for sending them in. You can find Mike on Twitter. He is I-M-Y-K-E. And you can find me there as I-S-M-H. And until we climb into a barrel together again, Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Adios.